Well, hello there, Fight fans. It's Monday, the 25th of July, 2016. This is the Monday Morning Analyst, and I am your host, Luke Thomas, and I am very glad that you are watching, so thank you for that. Um, today on the podcast, we will take a look at uh, two events, one fight. Um, we'll take a look at UFC on Fox 20 that took place on Saturday night, and then we'll take a look at Friday night's Bellator 159. Uh, Shout-outs, I'm not going to have time to get to it. Um, there's a lot of positional greatness that she went through, but Mackenzie Dern had her... Uh, MMA debut over at Legacy 58, I believe, uh, and did really well. Actually got all three rounds of ring time, and I don't know how the other poor girl's arm didn't break, but um, not going to have time to get to all that in this podcast. I did a lot of positional breakdown this time. I kind of wanted to do one on striking. Um, you know, I'm a little bit more of a grappling aficionado than I am a striking aficionado, but, well, that to the extent I'm an aficionado of anything. But um, nevertheless, I uh, wanted to vary it up just a little bit. Plus, there was some big results over the weekend. Okay, with that out of the way, let's take a look at UFC um, first. Uh, UFC on Fox 20, if we can. This took place at the United Center in Chicago, Illinois. It had a gate of, it says 1 million, for an attendance. Oof, paltry, 10,287, not good. Um, the ticket sales sort of reflected that this car did not have a lot of big names or fights that people cared about um, all that much. Okay. And the main event, Valentina Shevchenko defeating Holly Holm. Unanimous decision, 49-46 across the board, which is how I scored it. First round went to Holly Holm because she dropped her, and otherwise it was relatively even. But from the second round, really the third round, Shevchenko just got going. Now, we're going to break down that fight in a fairly bit, fair bit of detail in the next segment. But a couple things I want to make known about this was that what really surprised me about Holmes' offense and why she kept getting countered in the way that she did, which you'll see in the next segment, there was a lot of just similar ways things kept happening and happening, was that Shevchenko did a number of things right, which we'll show. But one of the things that I need to mention up front was that Shevchenko found a way to force Holm to be predictable. And as a consequence of being predictable, she was able to be countered more regularly. Now, it is also the case that when even when Holm was trying new things, they just had a hard time being worked on on Shevchenko for any number of different reasons. But I just want to give an example. Like if you go back and you watch, um, not so much in the Rousey fight, but certainly in the Pennington fight and in the Renault fight, Holm was able to like do things like jab to the body or cross to the body. Now, there was body work in this fight, but it was all with the legs at a distance, and I don't really know exactly how much value it had because she was doing it like as a way to like create distance, and that's good because you know if someone's far away, they can't hit you, but they didn't land with a ton of authority most of the time, and Shevchenko was all too happy to let Holm come to her, so it, it had a really, you know, I'm not going to say negligible effect, but not a big one, um, and as... Holm was getting countered by other things, what wound up happening was it just narrowed her offense to things like, she's like, well, uh, maybe I'm getting countered at these things, but these are the things I do best. I don't want to, like, for example, jab to the body because I'm going to get really countered if I do that. So it was just interesting job by Shevchenko, but, man, what an incredible performance by her. You'll see in the next segment her balance underneath herself, her feet, her movement, um, her timing, her distance, her spatial awareness, really kind of incredible. And then just being able to do a lot of other things right in the fight game um, to keep your opponent honest. So um, we'll take a look at that in a second segment. But really, just an unbelievable job by Valentina Shevchenko. Uh, Edson Barboza defeating Gilbert Melendez, unanimous decision, 30-27 on two cards, 29-28. I had a 30-27, but I don't think 29-28 is crazy. Um, I thought Melendez fought not all that badly. Um 
was able to force the boxing range occasionally. Uh, and when he couldn't, he was getting chewed up. But everyone gets chewed up by Edson Barboza's leg kicks. I don't. I didn't see that as a stunning indictment. I was. I was thinking this fight was going to be way more uh, one-sided, and it was still relatively one-sided. But um, I did feel like Melendez showed a fair bit. Didn't get close on the takedowns, but again, that's sort of to be expected. But still, that Achilles heel that Barboza has, where he doesn't take a tremendous shot. Um, was on display, but if you can't follow up on it like Cowboy Cerrone could, right? Rock him, take the back. If you just rock him and try to follow him, you have to rock him really badly. Once you rock Barboza, you have to get on him. But Ferguson did that as well, right? So if you don't do that, you're in trouble. Uh, Francis Nganu defeating uh, Boyhan Miholovic, however he pronounces his name, at 134 into the first round. Some people had a problem with the stoppage. I didn't. I don't think shelling up for a prolonged period is a really uh, effective intelligent defense it's intelligent to an extent it's not intelligent enough um, I mean maybe that's a better way to describe it's like not just intelligent defense but you know intelligent enough defense uh, maybe should be the new standard um, and Nganu you know cracked him and was on his way um, I don't know how far Nganu can go but he looked ferocious here Felice Herrick defeating Kaylin Curran at 159 of the first round via rear naked choke pretty impressive job by her it looked like from the get-go she was just dialed in right i mean the, the, the her, her combinations were great her distance was great the patience but nevertheless the pace of her offense like she would never rush things but she was still proactive in snatching them and that's a really like, that's a really delicate balance to find um and she found it's so a great job by her eddie wyland defeating frankie science on the prelim card at 154 into the third round. This was a bit, a bit of a back-and-forth affair until Eddie Wineland finally landed the big shot. Congratulations to him. Darren Elkins defeating Godofredo Pepe. 29-27, uh, 29-27, 30-26. Remember, he lost a point for a down, for landing a knee. Um, this is about what you would expect. Godofredo Pepe has a bit more offense, but Darren Elkins is uh, a grinder. Gets a hold of you, takes you down, kind of passes to half guard, and then just does his thing. Not... Not a whole lot to say above that. Uh, Kamaru Usman absolutely handled Alexander Yakovlev. 30-25, 30-25, 30-25. That is an unbelievable scorecard. And probably it could have been even worse than that, to be honest. Was able to get the takedown pretty much whenever he wanted. And when he got it, he would pass to mount and hold it or take the back or do something. Yakovlev, I think there was a round where he didn't even throw a single punch. Um, he got he got munished. Um, Michelle Prezerish. Defeating J.C. Cottrell. This is actually not reasonably competitive. The scores won't tell it, though. 30-26, 30-27, 30-27. Prezerish able to get the takedown and then the pass. Um, and the commentators know that the guy had normally faded in fights, and he didn't fade this time. If someone is working their kind of offense, their muscles and their oxygen is just going to come easier to them. Maybe it would still be a lot of work, but it's their work. Um, it only really you begin to get fatigued if you're having to you know, work on someone else's terms in ways you're not comfortable with or accustomed to doing, and that wasn't the case here. But, you know, uh, Control coming in on, what, six days notice or something like that, uh, I thought it had some good things to show, just wasn't prepared for this at this kind of stage. Uh, Alex Oliveira defeating James Muntasri, taking him down, holding him down, uh, and, you know, doing more than that, obviously, but that was a big key component to it. There was a big knee to the body, too. Um, but he wins 30-26, 30-26, 30-25. Jason Knight and Jim Allers putting on a back-and-forth show. Uh, Jason Knight wins by split decision, 29-28, 29-28, 28-29. Um, Allers had his moments rocking him, but Knight was just, like, on fire that day. You know, one of these guys who was able to power himself 
through things with anger, which is not often the best recipe, but he was able to make it work. Uh, and then Luis Enrique uh, winning via rear naked choke on Dmitry Samolikov. I don't have much to say about that. That happened at 358 of the second round. Fight of the night, uh, Jason Knight versus Jim Allers. Performance of the night, Felice Herrig and Eddie Wineland. Should have gone to Valentina Shevchenko, but I guess it wasn't exciting enough. Fighter of the card for me, absolutely Valentina Shevchenko. What you'll see in the next segment is that I don't show you the entirety of the fight. There's no point to that. And not that Holly Holm didn't have her moments because she did. Um, she had a good body kick in the fifth, obviously dropped her in the first. But this is about, like, if we can identify the things that kept showing up in this fight, it was really that check hook, which you're going to see. It was the timing. The hell? Bugs up in this third floor studio here. It was the timing that she was able to use, the balance she had with her footwork, the spatial awareness. We'll go over all those things, but before we do, real quickly, let's go over Bellator because that has some surprising results. So Bellator 159, this had 3,124 people at the Kansas Star Arena in Kansas Star, excuse me, in Mulvane, Texas for a gate of about $207,000. Not much. This was crazy. All right, so check this out. Joe Timonglow defeats Darian Caldwell via guillotine choke at nine seconds into the first round. I had to cover this fight for MMA fighting, at least um, watching on Spike like you guys. Caldwell had his way with him for two rounds, able to get the takedown, even if, if not on the first ever, then the second. You know, Timon Glow showing some good takedown defense for the most part, given the circumstances. I uh, was able to get up a couple of times. Um... But it was interesting. This was not off of a double. This was off of a low single that Caldwell had attempted. And he attempted one in the first round. And it, it the difference was in that one, essentially, Time and Glow was able to just walk out of it. The way, a, the way a low single works is you grab the ankle and at an angle, not straight into them, but at an angle, put it in your shoulder blade, cup the heel, and then you drive at an angle. And he was just never really able to get that. That's a lot easier to get with wrestling shoes. I've done, I've tried to take down people with both. I have very little success. Um, and, of course, you know, my failure or success rate doesn't tell you a lot. But just take my word for it. It's a lot harder to do when you don't have that heel to cup with your hand. Um, and and the difference was in this one, Tommy Glow stepped out of it but kind of stayed in range. And then from his knees, you just see Caldwell try to reach. Bad move, man. Time and Glow snatched that neck, sat to guard, and that was all she wrote. Um, an incredible, incredible win by Joe Time and Glow, who was getting handled. But nevertheless, uh, credit to him. Problem is he missed weight. So now are they going to give him a title shot? It's Bellator. Who knows? Uh, Melvin Gillard defeating David Rickles at 214 of the first round. I thought this was going to be another sad chapter in the career of Melvin Gillard, who missed weight again. Now he said he's going to go to welterweight permanently, but the difference was he looked like he had okay speed and stuff, but uh, in the clinch... Galar was able to get an elbow over the top. I can't turn my elbow over because this is my effed up shoulder. He he got an elbow over the top and it rocked Rickles and he fell. And you can imagine Gallard first round, you know, whatever the problems he's had in his career, he's still athletic as hell and powerful as hell. And when he had an opponent hurt, well, he banged on him heavy hammer fists and then a couple of elbows closed the show and Rickles was out. It was it was brutal. Uh, this was an awesome fight. Emily Ducati beating uh, Bruna Vargas. At rear naked uh, with a rear naked choke at 29 seconds of the second round. So what happened was Ducati went wrestled at Oklahoma State, and Bruno Vargas was uh, you know, uh, re you know reputed to be the better striker, having a background in Muay Thai. And um, certainly, what wound up happening was uh, Ducati cracked her a couple times with the right hand. They eventually clinched, 
And Ducati actually got a trip as they turned in a circle. It was actually really nice how she timed it. You could tell she's a good wrestler, right? She doesn't just go for takedowns, even though their bodies are close. She kind of waits to learn the proper kind of motion before she really um, attempts it. Anyway, she tried it, and it worked. But she got reversed, and Vargas basically spent the round on top. Okay, second round comes out, and she just fires the right hand again and then hit her so hard, spun her in a circle as she collapsed. It was like on an axis, though, not like walking around. Like, hit her, and then she just sort of, like, corkscrewed on her own feet and then collapsed to the mat. It was an incredible shot. So, Emily Ducati can pack a punch, man. Uh, and then Daniel Weichel defeating Emmanuel Sanchez. Great fight. 30-27-30, th- 29-28. I had a 29-28 Weichel. Um, Sanchez, you know, comes on uh, better as the fight goes on. One thing I really liked from him this time was that a lot of times he'd be taken down in previous fights. And sometimes, you know, he, it's not that he doesn't fight the takedown, but if he fought the takedown and got taken down, he would just say, oh, I'll play guard. And he did that one time in this fight, but a lot of times he was right back on his feet, forcing Weichel to um, scramble with him. And I really thought that, like you saw, this was a maturing performance from him. You know, he came out, Emmanuel Sanchez, on the wrong end of things, but uh, he didn't look bad at all in this fight. looked really good. And Daniel Weichel looked really good, too, man. You know, he didn't look all that awesome against Patricio Freire, getting flatlined like that, but um, he is a really well-rounded fighter. He can do basically everything. He doesn't have amazing subs or amazing punching power or amazing striking, but he's got good power, good striking, good subs, great cardio. He's just a really complete fighter uh, and um, doesn't maybe get the respect that he deserves. Okay, with that out of the way, let us go and take a look at Holly Holm and Valentina Shevchenko. What I'm going to show you here is not the whole fight. There's just too much, and a lot of it is not necessarily all that consequential. Remember, Holm got hit a bunch, but she never really got rocked. Shevchenko got knocked down once, but this is not about that. This is about how Valentina Shevchenko won. What I want you to pay attention to is the small details of footwork, timing, balance, lean, direction, and angles. All right, let's take a look. All right, so here's what we're going to do. Let's look at how, to the best of my estimation, Shevchenko was able to defeat Holly Holm. Now, a few things I want to mention before we break down some of the footage. Number one, we're going to start, you can see here, in round three. It's not to say that there weren't good things in rounds one and two, but round three was where things really got cooking. And once she got going, she utilized a lot of the same weapons. I think you can watch the fight from round three on, and certainly that won't give you the entire story of the fight, but it will give you a pretty good indication of why Shevchenko won. Um, another thing to consider, Holly Holm did a lot of good things in this fight too, right? Um, let's be clear about that. Obviously dropping Shevchenko in that first round. Um, but... This isn't about how Holly Holm lost. This is about Shevchenko won. Um, so I want to be clear. I obviously respect Holly Holm enormously. Uh, as you go back and watch the review I did of her win over Ronda Rousey, I could not have had more great things to say. I think she'll be back. Um, I, I just think very highly of her, but for the purposes of simplification, we're just going to look at Shevchenko here. Um, that's the second thing. Now, when we look at Shevchenko... Again, right before we break down footage, there's three things I want to mention about what she does that really caught my attention in this fight. Some of them worked a lot. Some of them didn't work a lot. Some of them um, fulfilled one purpose, but maybe not another. But she was consistent about them. And while I may not show you like highlights of all of this, I want to be clear about something. Number one, leg kicks and checking. She threw a lot of leg kicks. That could be at the end of a combination. That could be in open space. It could be an inside kick. It could be an outside kick. Although more typically it was like an inside cut kick. But um, she was really diligent about it. And she did check kicks too. Like these are all kinds of ways to off balance Holly Holm. Disrupt her rhythm. And of course, you know, accumulate damage over time. Especially, you know, if you're a smaller fighter. 
probably not going to land that big shot, but if you can just accumulate that damage one round after the next, eventually it's going to add up. So I want to give her credit for doing that. Secondly, there was a diversity of her offense. And now we'll get to some of those highlights here in a minute, but I don't just mean because she threw a lot of different stuff. She did do that, but remember she had takedown attempts too. And as, and as you'll see, past the third round, they don't really do a lot of good. She only kind of really was able to get very close to home in the first three rounds. But I'm not here to show you what the takedowns were because they weren't, they were, you know, they were, they were good takedowns, but they're not, they're not like what really ca captured my imagination with this one. But I just want to give Shevchenko credit. It's not merely that she threw a lot of different kinds of strikes, a lot of different timing on the strikes, counters, and whatnot. But she was also mixing in those takedowns, or at least you'll see in the fourth and fifth rounds, um, takedown threats. Just keeping home honest. And then the last thing I, I sort of wanted to mention before we start looking at some of the um, breakdowns here. When Shevchenko's back was against the fence, she utilized a lot of spinning attack, spinning attacks, I should say, to keep Holmes' offense honest, uh, or I should say, rather, her defense honest. Um, you know, to me, what you saw out of Shevchenko, like when someone's throwing spinning attacks like that, number one, it tells you they've got a lot of confidence in their striking, not just those strikes, but their striking generally. Um, you know, obviously, you know, we've, we've talked about him in detail. I have an interview with Henry Hoof talking about him. They take you know, a great degree of sophistication and really good timing. And you're going to see a lot of incredible timing from Shevchenko in here. Um, but I just sort of want to point out what they would do is, you know, they would come obviously at home from unorthodox angles. And Holm actually did a pretty good job of what's called jamming, where if someone's going to throw a spinning attack, you actually get in tight on them really quickly so it doesn't really land. But she wasn't always able to do that. Sometimes she had to get her hand up, and sometimes she just barely did it. But it's not like the spinning attacks landed, the wheel kick or the spinning back fist. But they really made sure that Holm had her hands up. They really sort of tested uh, um, her defense and kept her honest in a lot of different spaces. And for someone to be able to throw those kinds of spinning attacks like that um, in those kinds of spaces, and that with the frequency that she did it, it, you know, it just says quite a bit about the striking prowess of Shevchenko. All right, with that out of the way, and that's a sort of a basic overview, but you get the idea. Those are three things you're probably not going to see here in great detail. Maybe the, maybe the diversity of strikes you will, but just you get an idea. All right, Shevchenko home facing off. I think this first sequence you're going to see, and this clock doesn't show you that. Obviously, that is not an eight. That's a three. Um, what you're going to see here is a common attack that home went to. What she's going to do is she's going to generally try and find the right distance She'll use that both with her feet and her hands. Um, and she's going to try and take a big outside angle with her lead foot to bring her, that outside shoulder in tight enough um, to find a home for what, in this particular case, I believe is going to be her cross. Um, let's take a look at the table. What you're going to see from Shevchenko, and this is what really is the story of the fight to me, she doesn't have big power. Um, at least not for a, a woman bigger than her, which Holm basically is. I mean, you could see how small Shevchenko was. Shevchenko's timing is absolutely impeccable. Okay, we're talking, I mean, the world-class timing on her strikes and just her uh, understanding of Holmes' movement and you know, obviously other opponents as well, but in this particular case, Holmes' movement is so tremendous. And then on top of that... Um, the way in which, look at how straight up she is, you know. Her feet are always under her. You're going to see whenever she throws strikes, even when she leans, she's never really off balance. The balance enabled by the footwork and her own ability to close in open distance 
really kind of incredible. So all of those things working together have really made for just a dynamite um, job here by Shevchenko. So here's Holm. So uh, I believe that, let's see, uh, they're each fainting on each other and reacting to faints. So here's what Holm does. You can see she's going to take a big step, not merely forward, but kind of at an outside angle. What she's going to do is she's going to flash this hand. She never really extends the jab. You can see, look, it never, look, you can look at the timing on this. The second doesn't change. She hasn't even landed her front foot. This arm is not really extended. She comes down with the weight. So now the weight's moving forward. She's turning her hips. That arm never got extended. So now Shevchenko knows it's only going to be this one that's coming. Now maybe there'll be a follow right hand behind it if this one lands. It's not exactly clear. Um, but, you know, hands up. You can look at Shevchenko. She's widening her base to get ready, right? So here's what happens. Shevchenko is, I mean, you can see how far apart she is too. Like, even if that punch was fully extended, it wouldn't really land all that great, which you'll see later on as well. So one, she's just a little too far apart. She's having trouble closing the distance. And I believe you can see, if you go back, when we start this, Shevchenko's kind of over the black two lines here, right? Let's see how much she moves here. Not much, but her feet has widened. She's leaning back a little bit on that right leg. You can see she's getting ready to kind of lean and turn. Now she takes a, like a half step inside to get away from the punch. I want you to always pay attention to where Shevchenko's feet are. You see she takes a half step back and at an angle. She doesn't merely go back. She kind of comes at a swooping angle here. Parries the shot. Okay? And then as uh, Holm tries to come back for... So this is a... Real quickly, just to recap here. This is going to be a fake one, two one that's what this is for and you can see Shevchenko takes another half step back leans over the punch misses and what is she doing kablam son look at that pretty incredible I want you to notice Shevchenko's feet she's not wildly moving in space this is where we start she's kinda of this way kinda of over it leaning half step back Reacts, still kind of in that same spot, leans over to the side, lands the shot, and she's out. Pretty, pretty incredible, but I want you to notice that she never bites on the hand fakes of home. She uses down and side parries, you'll see this a number of times, and then she leans off the center, off the center line here. You can see Holm, if she would connect it, it would have landed, yes, but not with a whole lot of authority. Holm doesn't see the punch coming, boom, son. Brilliant. This is, I mean, this is this is world-class stuff. All right, we keep going. She gets out. Now, Holm was able to land a bit of a kick here, but, you know, it's a disrupted one. It kind of lands, you can see the bone kind of is, the shin's probably hitting the hip bone there, and it's not all that great. All right, so they're back at it again. So how how else? That's one example. This That common right hook, um, you know, that, that anticipated right hook that you see there, that timed check hook that she throws Shevchenko, that's one way she was able to score. It, it manifested itself a number of different times, but that's one way. So now let's take a look at what happens next. Here's some other things that Shevchenko did. Always pay attention to where her feet are. Always pay attention to where her feet are relative to Holmes. I'm telling you, Shevchenko, her balance is incredible, and she moves there's a, there's a word in the English language. It's called parsimonious, okay? And what it essentially means is an economy of language. Can you say the most things with the least amount of words? For example, 
me on this podcast, I am not particularly parsimonious. But you get the idea. If there was a word that could be like like parsimonious that could be used to describe motion, she has a real economy of motion, Shevchenko. She does just enough to get out of the way, just enough to get into range, just enough to land. Timing is perfect, okay? So we keep going. Look at their spot. We're at 310 now. This is the next sequence, as a matter of fact. So Holmes steps in, tries to throw a kick. I believe... Let me take a look at this real quick. Let's see how this plays out. Oh, right. Um, I am not exactly sure about what she saw on this one. But you're going to see Holm is going to kind of step into this kick. And what you're going to see is this back foot from Shevchenko kind of plants. She always brings a leg up to check in case it's an inside kick. Remember I told you she's always checking kicks? Not always, but you know, doing a pretty good job of making sure that's there. And she sort of steps through and finds the right again. I'm not sure if she saw that Holmes' hands were down on this one uh, or down routinely on just these inside kicks. If she was coming with a kick first, not a side kick, but like a sort of a more Muay Thai kick. I'm not sure that that's what she saw. But she was sort of able to land this in space as well. This is a smaller example of one. This is not the best one, so we're going to move on. But I just sort of wanted to get that in there because this punch landed with a little bit of authority. But I don't know that there's necessarily that much of a bigger lesson here. Um, all right, and that's just the third round. Let's take a look at what happened in the fourth round. Here is home. Lunging, taking that side angle. Watch her feet. Let's see where they started at a second ago. Okay, just outside the monster one, all right? Let's see how she moves her feet. She kind of actually puts it a little bit forward, stepping into range, leaning back. So she's so you see Holm is fainting, faints again. Now watch, see how she came at an angle back before her foot was here and here. Now her foot's on the inside of the end, but the back one is on the is like is like a, a counterclockwise rotated back, probably to match Holm's movement. She steps in and lands the punch. Now what did you see here? Not really because I sort of paid a lot of attention to her feet, but I want to point out something else. This is what she did. So we go back and we start. What what Holm is going to do here, and why this is important. So what's one way she got home? What's one way Shevchenko was able to score? She was able to score with the check hook. What's another one she was able to score with? Uh, taking advantage of Holm with her hands down, checking a kick, that kind of thing. What's another way she was able to score? Sometimes what Holm would do is she would faint her way into range and then not back out. And if she didn't back out pretty quickly, oftentimes what you would see Shevchenko do is she would wait, wait, home would faint. She might react defensively. She may bite on the faint. She may not. And whenever she she bought on the faint, she never buy too much anyway. But you get the idea. She would she would just sort of watch what's happened. And if home didn't reset out of position, Shevchenko would move in. So let's watch that. So this is what I think you see here. They're facing off. Holm kind of faints, but she doesn't throw anything. She comes back. Now you look look at Holmes' positioning. We're talking about a matter of inches here. She's sort of on this side of the M. Look where she ends up. It's not much, but you don't need to have much. And the whole time, Shevchenko is on the move herself. She's rotating. And now what she's going to do is she's going to take advantage of maybe the half step that Holm gave her without resetting. And she's going to step into range. The jab is not close enough, but she knows that right hand is plenty far. You can see Holm realizes, I, I got in too deep, a la uh, uh, Michael Bisping, Luke Rockhold. And she's able to fire the right over the top and crack her. So that's sort of another example is 
the amazing timing, yes. The check hook, yes. The getting the head off center, yes. The checking of the kicks, yes. Um, all those things were great, but another one is just the spatial awareness of Shevchenko, where if you move into range, even at a half step, and you don't really reset, and you don't get back out if you're just testing in and out of range, but you kind of you get a little lazy there for a moment, she'll make you pay, and she did. Again, not a knockout blow necessarily, but you can see that one landed pretty nicely. So we keep going. It's about 40 seconds later. All right, back against the fence. Always pay attention to where her feet are. Pay attention to where her feet are. I'm not sure which. I'm not sure which sequence this is. So let's see. Ah, here you go. Home. Stepping out at an angle. So what she's going to try and do? It looks to me like she's going to wave this. Probably try to land this. I suspect this is going to get parried. Let's see. This one actually lands a little bit. Oh, that's right. Here's what happens on this one. So normally, what would happen was, home would flash the jab. Like, she, and by the way, these are all tricks she used against Rousey. And then she would throw the straight. Well, what happened normally is Shevchenko would parry the straight, either side parry or down parry, uh, with her left hand, and then crack her with the right. In this particular case, doesn't do that. Does still get the head off center, but you can see she still lands too. Now, it's a little bit on the sort of the neck, but just to point out, like she was always in this sort of exchanging moment. Let's keep going. Here's another one. What's home doing? She's moving into range. Okay. What's, pay attention to Shevchenko's feet all the way. Let's go back real quickly, by the way, on this one. Feet are essentially on the ad. Let's see what she does. She lifts the front foot and then sort of steps in to catch. She just steps a little too far forward. Home gets in pretty deep on her this time, but can't really make her pay. All right, so we go to this one. Where are the feet? Where are the feet? Okay, let's see what she does. She's going to step. Now, already you can see Shevchenko's on her horse backing up a little bit, right? There she is. Now, she's going to be over the black double lines. Home is coming in essentially over the M. Let's see what happens. She's going to step out wide. I think you guys know what's probably going to happen next. She Oh, she's going to fake one, and then she's going to fake the other, and then come back again. And what's, what's Shevchenko going to do? Bang, bang. Real quickly. This is the same thing we saw previously. She closes in. Shevchenko gets ready. She steps. She doesn't really reset. You can see Shev uh, Shevchenko is realizing that Holm is not really putting anything behind the motion. There's not a lot of hands coming her way. She's not really committing all the way to something. She's, it's a big-time feint, but it's a big-time feint commitment. So she comes through and steps in. And whenever she steps in, almost every time the camera angle looks like their knees are crossed. You ever notice that? And she's going to crack her. Now, their hand is down here. She's open for the, for the counter hook, but what are you going to do? And she drills her. And that's basically what you see over and over again is Shevchenko upright in the pocket, spatially aware of where we are. If Holm came in with any kind of punch, Shevchenko is going to parry and counter or just counter straight up depending on what is being thrown. Or if Holm fainted and got into distance and didn't properly reset, she got clipped. So this is what I'm talking about. Home was never in a spot where she was able to really gauge her distance properly to, to get things going. And that's really going to be apparent in round five with one of the biggest punches of the entire fight. So this is round five. So this is round five. Let's watch this. Let's see what happens. Again, where are her feet? Where are her feet? And the angling is important here too, but we'll get to that in a little, just a little bit. So she's going to step out wide. 
she's going to throw. So this tells me she's going to throw this, throw this, and then throw that again. But that may not be the case depending on how far she gets. Yeah, she tries to throw a shovel punch. Which, by the way, this looks like it lands. It ends up being more of a slap. And let's watch the feet of Shevchenko. Where is she? Okay, she's kind of sort of at the outside of the C, outside of the U. Right leg forward. Where does she go as she steps forward? Doesn't really move. Kind of takes a half step back there or just more of a lean. And then she counters with a, with a right hook. Never kind of moves. I mean, she's probably all light on her toes. You can see her heels are both off the ground. But this punch never really lands because she winds up turning at an angle. And it lands as a slap, but it, it misses as a straight punch. And Holm kind of converts it to a slap last minute. Meanwhile, she eats a big right hand. See, this looks like it's landing, but if you go back and you watch it in real time, this was not meant to be. What you see Holm do with this punch here is... So she might wave the jab like a little bit, right? She'll wave the jab, then she'll wave the cross. And what this punch ends up being is like, I don't know how to explain it exactly. Imagine if you were, so your 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 shoulder is divided into three muscles, three, three types of, or three portions of the deltoid. Imagine if you were trying to work the front deltoid, right? Just the very front of your shoulder. And as a guy who's had shoulder surgery, this is always very important for me. One way you can exercise it is, imagine you have your fist down at your side, right? And you are grabbing a cable. Imagine you were like, you, imagine your your fist never changes from a hammer fist position, right? You're not turning the punch over. And imagine you kind of punch above your head, not straight above your head, like at a 45 degree angle above your head. If that makes any kind of sense, you don't turn the punch over. In other words, the punch kind of comes up. See, this punch is turned over. Imagine if she closed her fist. Uh, and then just sort of punched that direction, right? Like a piston that way. That's what this one ends up being. It comes and splits the guard. But what you're going to see is Shevchenko turns ever so slightly, right? And so what winds up happening is the punch misses. And then what Holm does is tries to just sort of slap to, to get something out of it after she gets cracked with a shot. It never ever really lands clean. And it's a common punch she uses. She used it on Marion Renault. She used it on, um, geez, um... Uh, Raquel Pennington. Uh, she even used it on um, uh, Ronda Rousey, but it just doesn't work on Shevchenko. And you can see it stumbled her, and you can see look at her back foot. It turned, so she she kind of turned. She 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 didn't stay in position. Remember that back foot was on the outside of the C. Now look at it. So she came at an angle, which is why that punch kind of got turned into a slap. Let's keep going. Forty seconds later, here comes Holmes. This is one thing, sort of using Holmes' bit against her. What's Holmes? What Holmes done? You'll see. She's going to rotate in. And Shevchenko, rather than following her around, is going to come straight at an angle and crack her with a Superman punch that is, it lands a little bit. It doesn't land with a ton of authority, but this is what I'm talking about, keeping her on her toes, both with the diversity of offense and the timing of the offense and the angle of the offense and the speed of the offense, but also sort of, um, um, well, let's see, let's watch it and I'll explain. So she, wrote, she comes in. She kind of rotates over. Oh, this is what I want you to pay attention to. When Holm rotates a little bit more, and I'm telling you if you watch this in slow motion, this is one, like, timing is one thing if someone throws a punch and you lean back, right? And so you can time it by leaning. Um, your leaning also shows how well you have spatial awareness and distance management. But there's another portion of this, like you're working off another person's flow and rhythm. She must have been able to time how well Holm places her feet. And I'm, I'm telling you, it's not just because of the slides. I encourage you to go watch this fight in slow motion if you can. What winds up happening was, as soon as that foot comes down and Shevchenko sees it, 
that front heel and the back heel. Look at her heels. They are off the mat. That is not necessarily the case here. Right? You see she's waiting. Holm is in motion. You can see her back heel. Once Holm gets to about there where her feet are planted, the back one's always going to be a little bit high, but this one comes up. Where was it before? Let's see. Yeah, you can see it's sort of over the middle of the M. She takes a step out towards like, um, just again, half step. As I'm telling you, as this foot went boom, down, this one came up like at the exact same time. She was timing the pace of how Holm walked. And then she launches in to that. Now this one, as you can see, kind of lands sort of on the neckish area, but Holm just wasn't anticipating it, just didn't see it coming. You know, kind of incredible. And of course, she'll finish with a kick, and Holm rotates out. Here's another one. You can imagine what's going to happen here. I imagine a check hook is on its way. Let's see. Let's see where Shevchenko's feet are, kind of behind her, sort of over the black two lines. She moves forward a little bit. Holm takes a step out. Look at that parry. I mean, is this not incredible? And by the way, let's look at that foot here. Okay, so she's got one foot half over the black stripe, one foot four or five inches behind one. Okay, roughly. Holm takes that step out. She wants that shoulder angle so she can get inside. She wants to get her shoulder on the inside of this shoulder, right? That's what she's looking for. Okay. Takes a step out. Shevchenko parries it as it comes in. Look at the lean already there. She's going to clear a path for that. I mean, this is just incredible, folks. This this hand will just scoot by or hit her shoulder. I, I don't know what to tell you. That is just absolutely sublime. Totally, totally sublime. Everything about this. Look at her body position. Look at how she's leaning into it. Catches home unobstructed, man. This is how she did it. This was the most common type of exchange that they had. Home looking now, and now Home may have varied up how she threw these, right? Two one two, one two one, you know, whatever the case may be, or you know, faint faint cross, that kind of thing. But um, but this exchange where she steps out, Shevchenko reads the what's going to happen here, leans, parries. This is sort of a side parry, and then just cracks it with that right check hook every time. I, it's just it's just remarkable what she's able to do. All right, we keep going. Here we are. I believe, I'm not sure exactly what this one is. So let's see. Home, let's pay attention to the feet, sort of over the M, middle of the M. Okay. Home's going to take a step forward. Now she's on the inside. Okay. This might be a case where Shevchenko makes her pay because Shevchenko's only taking a half step backward. She's taking sort of a full step forward. Oh, no, she takes a lean out. Oh, this is the, this is what the one I was talking about. All right. So check this out. Remember I told you before where, you know, for example, you saw the one previously where she would throw this one. She would she would fake it, fake it, come back with this one, and it would be that shovel punch I was telling you about kind of where like the, the, it's like a hammer fist straight up kind of at a 45-degree angle, and it wound up being a slap. You saw some other ones too where even if she had landed, I showed you this in the third round, even if home had landed certain punches, they would have been like really at the end of her range. She never was able to get close enough. So as she tries to tighten up position here, so she's back here. As you see her try to tighten position, and Shevchenko just ever so slightly matching it, right? Getting ready, getting that lean. You can see she's got the back foot out so she can get the lean on because she knows that's coming. And then she takes a bit, how much of a step forward does she take here? A little bit of a half step forward kind of out, right? You can see that. The feet come over. What you're going to see is 
She's going to throw this punch. Now, I tried to watch this several times to see what was happening here. What you'll see is that um, as she takes because Holmes' feet, sorry for the, the belabored explanation here. See how Holmes' feet are this way? Holmes' going to step out, right? And as she does that, Shevchenko's going to kind of come up inside. And what's going to happen is she's going to be too narrow on the hook. So what's going to happen is she steps out. You see that? Shevchenko kind of slides up in the pocket ever so slightly, right? She's going to slide up as she steps out. And what's going to happen is when she leans, as and, one more time. Here's home. I apologize. This is the part I didn't quite get right. She steps out. Shevchenko kind of steps up. Home throws. She kind of steps, kind of, look at, well, look, look where Shevchenko goes from. She's kind of here, foot right at the tip of the peninsula, comes back. You see that? That gives her just enough space to get out of the way. And this punch, I watched this one on the replay after the fact, not merely in real time or in real time slow motion with my tools, but the ones that Fox showed when the fight was over. This punch misses completely. I thought it was a parry. But it turns out that it never really got close. Shevchenko just sort of perfectly managed her distance here. You can see she picks the front, the front foot up like a batter ready to swing a bat. And boom, cracks her, man. Incredible, right? I mean, how incredible is this? This is like this is remarkable. Now the hand is low. You know, if she was really in the you know a better striker could have been I don't mean to say a better striker. A different kind of striker could have taken advantage of that. But you understand with this like a little bit belabored explanation here. Just want to show you what Holmes doing. Holmes trying to let's see where we all start here, by the way. Okay. 146, we're kind of here. Look at just follow home for a second. Steps into the middle of the M. And now Shevchenko kind of readjusts a little bit around her. She steps out to find the angle, to find that inside shoulder angle, right? She throws, but at the same time, Shevchenko takes a half step back with the back leg just so she can get enough angle to get around it, which she does, and then cracks her. It's, it's, I don't know what you do with that, man. I really don't know what you do with that. Pretty, pretty impressive. This is about not merely Shevchenko identifying holes in the offense, but these are only you can only take advantage of stuff like this if your feet under you are getting you to the place you need to be if they can't do that then there's really nothing else to be said um, very few strikers are going to be able to do something like that you know they'll they can try it and they might get you know occasionally successful with it but what's remarkable about what Shevchenko doing is doing is how routine it all is so we keep going here is home. Let's see what happens. Front foot of Shevchenko, right on that M. Sort of like the, the middle of the M, right? Between the, the, the two sort of stripes there. What's going to happen? Home takes that big step out. What's going to happen? Shevchenko raises that. You see that ready for the kick just in case? Always. Always. Right? Home throws. It misses. Boom. Again. And look at the lean. Look at the lean that Shevchenko has. She's done this to her twice. Look at this. Twice she's done this. Once. Twice. <laughs> I mean, to be that close to someone and hit air because they're just getting out of the way as you throw it, that's got to be a horrible feeling. 
right? You're trying to, if you go too far away, you may not land and you're going to be, it's hard to get your, to draw your hand back to your face defensively. And it'll be, you know, be, you don't want to be undercommitted because then you can just get kicked or something else can go wrong, right? You don't want to overcommit because then your balance and your momentum goes one way and then you can get cracked. So she tries to find just the, just the right place and two times in a row she misses and then Shevchenko makes her pay. That same right hook off that outside angle from the lead leg over and over and over and over and over again. And this was a big one. This wobbled her. So one thing to take away from all of this, and I apologize for that, the last one that was not explained necessarily all that well, but you can see this one is a, just a better example. One more time, she comes in. Look how far she steps. You know, I mean, this is the one thing about home. Like, look at Shevchenko. She'll take a big step in once you're already committed, but she doesn't take the big step in first if you're not committed, right? Like, if when, when home was coming in and then not resetting, she would take the step in. But look at how, look at how wide, look at that. Boom, man, that's a huge step. Like, when you throw this punch, you're going to bring a lot behind it, but what happens if you miss? And then you pull it short, and you just miss. I'm telling you, go back and watch. This does not land. And already Shevchenko, bang. This one kind of made her eyes roll back for just a second, you know. Um, but what's the lesson here? The lesson here was I went back and I watched Holmes' other fights in the UFC. Now, the Rousey one I didn't watch today. But I, I was like, let me go see what I see in the Renault fight. Let me go see what I see in the Pennington fight. And the difference is not that this is the first time Holmes had to chase people. She had pushed back on people before, though she does. She definitely likes to back up. We saw in the in the Rousey fight, she likes to. Home would like to back up at an angle as they try to come in. This was this is why Shevchenko doing the Superman punch was sort of important, right? Because this was this is what Home likes to do. It's sort of in a reverse way. Home likes to cut angles, and as you come in, she likes to get you. But Holm was so bewildered by everything else that she just never saw that kind of thing happening to her as well. But the big lesson here is not so much this. It's that when Holm faced off against Pennington and Renault, they didn't know what to do with her blitzes. So what they would do with the blitzes is as Holm would come in, you saw Renault try to catch her sometimes and never got close. What they mostly do is they mostly covered up when the punches were gone, or at least when they, you know, when Renault or Pennington felt like the punches no longer were there, they would try to counteract her. But she's gone by that point. Shevchenko never bothers with that. She never bothers with that once. What she does is she just times you coming in. She gets just enough half spaces back, just enough sideways off center line lean, just enough backwards lean, just enough angle, I mean, just enough angle to make you miss. Or to be able to parry and then counter. I, there's just not many people in the world that are going to be able to do something like that. This is this is you take this for granted because it looks so academic. But look at that. There's just not many people who can do that. Renault could do nothing like this. Pennington could do nothing like this. This is she just makes it look easy. It's not easy. I mean, it's just it's unbelievable what she can do here. So rather than covering up and letting Holm do what she wanted to do with that Machida-like blitz, she just never let the blitz happen. She parries the shot, gets just close enough, and then cracks her coming in with a wide open lane after parrying this punch. Side down parry. It's it's just phenomenal. It's phenomenal. And I you know, it's sort of thinking about their striking, I guess I thought the same kind of thing was gonna happen that 
that you know not not certainly that Shevchenko didn't have these weapons, but that Holm wouldn't engage Shevchenko enough for Shevchenko to really let her hands go, and that that kind of is still true. We didn't even really see the best of Shevchenko, to be honest. But what we saw was that Shevchenko never defensively shelled as Holm came in. As Holm came in, Shevchenko was able to take a step or a half step backwards, angle off, get her balance and feet under her, lean, parry, and counter. Or just lean and counter. Every time, all the time. What an incredible display by Valentina Shevchenko. All right. And... Now let's take a look at what's going to come up next. We've got three cards coming up this weekend. This month has been brutal in terms of just how many fights there have been. Many of them good, many of them not so good, but you get the idea. Well, it's another weekend. We'll see how it goes. So let's go in order of how this is going to be. The first one is actually going to be on Friday night. It's going to be Invicta FC 18 Grasso versus Esquibel. Uh, Alexa Grasso taking on Jody Esquibel. And that'll be a strawweight fight. Then you've got uh, Irene Aldana taking on Talia Santos. Some person's name I cannot properly pronounce versus Claudia Ray. Uh, Agniescha Niedzwich, I, I can't tell you. Cindy Dandois is back. Uh, Cindy Dandois, if you want to pronounce it, is taking on uh, Jessamine Duke. Ooh, that's a tough fight for Jessamine Duke. Uh, Megan Anderson, a featherweight prospect. Be on the lookout for her. Uh, taking on Peggy. Oh, she's going to blast Peggy Morgan. Uh, Mizuki Inoue is back. Uh, Aspen Ladd is back. So a lot of different... Oh, Sajara Eubanks is on that one. She's from the D.C. area. She's a Lloyd Irvin student, but uh, she can fight her ass off too, so she'll be here. So that's be a card to pay attention to that, of course, will air on Fight Pass. Then on Saturday, there are two cards, the lesser of which, World Series of Fighting 32. This takes place at... Oh, by the way, the uh, ex, this, this um, Invicta card takes place at the Scottish Rite Temple in Kansas City. Uh, World Series of Fighting 32, Moresh versus Hell 2, takes place at the Xfinity Arena in Everett, Washington. Marlon Moraes is going to defend his title against Josh Hill. Uh, Alexandre Almeida taking on Lance Palmer. Carlos Fordor fighting his brother, Phoenix Jones. Shamil Gat- Gamzatov taking on Luis Taylor. Uh, and then Hakeem Dawadu taking on Murat Magomedov. Uh, actually, it's, that's some pretty good fights on that one, surprisingly. And then the final UFC card of the month. Thank you, Jesus. UFC 201 at the Phillips Arena in Atlanta, Georgia. This is headlined by Robbie Lawler taking on Tyron Woodley for the welterweight title. Rose Namajunas is back in action against Double K, Carolina Kowalkowicz. Matt Brown versus Jake Ellenberger. Francisco Rivera versus Eric Perez. Ian McCall, Justin Scoggins. That should be a hell of a good fight. And the preliminary card, Ed Herman versus Nikita Krylov. Uh, Ross Pearson versus Jorge Masvidal. Anthony Hamilton versus Damian Grabowski. Wilson Hayes taking on Hector Sandoval. And then on Fight Pass, Michael Graves, Bohan, another donk. Ryan Benoit versus Freddy Serrano, the Colombian. And then Cesar Arza Mendia taking on Damian Brown. A lot of guys with no Wikipedia entries. All right. Um, if you have any questions or corrections, email me, luke.thomas at sbnation.com. Thank you so much for watching. Appreciate you guys. Give it a thumbs up if you've been watching us this whole time. Uh, check us out on iTunes.com slash practice. That's where all the podcast goes. We're on SoundCloud as well. I'm on Twitter at SBN Luke Thomas and Snapchat the Luke Thomas 79 Facebook.com slash LukeThomasNews. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the fights.